Jesus, the light of the world. You know, when Jesus came into the world, there were 400 years before that of silence and darkness. You know, we're, we're gone to, he wasn't speaking, he wasn't sharing, the prophets were done talking, and there was just this time. You know, people went about their business, life went on, it didn't just stop in some freeze frame and then start again. But then there came this star and it shone over a, a little manger. There came an angel and it says he shone his face. He, the light was being presented back into the world. And the light came as a little baby, Jesus Christ, born into this world. Today we're going to talk about the light. Thank God for the light. Thank God that we don't have to walk in darkness. Thank God that we don't have to walk in silence. But He speaks to us. He leads us and He guides us by His Word. And He shows us the way by His light. Isn't that great? Amen. Amen. Let's take our word and make our confession. Great job. Give him a hand. Amen. Good stuff. Great job, Michael. Let's make our confession. The Word of God is truth. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Amen. God is good. Amen. It is great to, uh, to use technology because it never works when you need it to work. So... I was going to preach to you a message from September, apparently. So I don't think that was the one we were going to work on today. But, uh, you know, we've been talking about joy. Joy to the world, light. We've been talking about love, light, and life. And, you know, with joy, we said that Jesus came into this earth. And he brought great joy in the earth. And then as he left and before he departed, he put that joy in us so that he could go. He could sit at the right hand of the Father and that we could live in this world with total joy, with complete joy. It says in John 15, 11, he gives us his joy so that our joy will remain full. So that there doesn't have to be a day that goes by that we are not full of his joy. It's that strength, the joy of the Lord that gives me strength, that allows me to push through in these times. Just like Jesus in Hebrews in chapter 12, where it said, For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and despised the shame. That he went through a tough time, that he faced tough stuff, that he pushed through the beatings and all the things that he went through. For the joy that was set before him, there was something there. There was joy that he was after, and that was us. And you know, we said in life, when we talked about life, that God so loved the world in John 3, 16, that he sent his only begotten son, that he took his son and he sent him into this earth. He sent him in this earth as a sacrifice for us. His love for us was so great that he knew there had to be a sacrifice to be paid. And he knew there was no greater sacrifice and no sacrifice that would do more than the blood of the life of his son. And so he sent him into this earth to suffer and to die. He sent him here for us, for you and for me. And then in John, in chapter 15, Jesus said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. And as he left, he said, you know, in, in John 13, A new commandment that I give to you, to love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this you'll know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. It wasn't just enough to love each other. It was that people were going to see something in you. See, the joy of the Lord that's on the inside of you is different than the, than the happiness or, or, or what the world wants. See, the world doesn't have any joy. The world doesn't have any, any smiles and giggles. The world has a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. The world has a lot of misery. The world has a lot of despair. There's a lot of discouragement. There are a lot of people who were headed in one direction and the, and, and the financial system of this world has wiped them out. 
And now they sit maybe home and they have nothing. People put their life into a person instead of into their relationship with Jesus Christ. And then that person passes away and then they're stuck in that place forever. You know people who are like that. What do they need? They need the love of God. They need the love of God to infiltrate them. That's what we prayed at the end of the service last week. That the love of God would fill us to the point that it would just flow out of us. That the people that we would see in this world, that we would come across, would really sense Jesus' love from the overflow of the love that he's put on the inside of us. Same thing with that joy. And really, as we move on today and talk, the same thing with that light. You know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we said this at the end of the service last week, Paul said, hope, faith, and love, but the greatest is love. Faith actually is what we live by, but how does faith work? By love or through love. Without love, you can't have anything. And we, as the believers in this world, we are the ones who have the true love, the love of Christ, living on the inside of us, God allowing it to flow through us, not just to us to stay where we are. And I think many times, man, we get get to looking at the news. We get to looking at what's going on outside. We even look at our own house and we think, man, I need all the love that's coming my way needs to be right here. All the joy that's coming my way needs to be, it's got to just stay right here within these four walls because I'm telling you what, right now, this is a mess. Well, I'll tell you, God will allow that to happen for a moment and for a season because you're ministering to those that he's called you to to be closest with. But there will come a time and there will come a season when that light and that love and that joy has to flow out of your house and into the people in the community that's around you. That's what we're called to be here in this earth. We're not called to be like everybody else. We're called to be different. The message won't change because it's the message of the gospel. It's the message of the kingdom that says he came to give us life and life more abundantly. That life that he gave to us, then our turn now is to go out and to give that to other people. That's next week as we talk about and focus and end really our Christmas series on life. The life, the true life that God has given us. You know, there was a dark time in the world. In in, in the Old Testament, there there were opportunities for the children of Israel to be in good graces with God and then to be in trouble with God and to be doing well and then not to be doing well. And, And there was always this one who was prophesied who was going to come, this Messiah, this Savior who was going to be born, this King of Kings who was going to come into this earth and make a difference. And yet these people, some of them went to the right way, some of them stumbled, some of them made it, some of them didn't, some of them were following God, some of them weren't. Sometimes they were on their game, sometimes they weren't on their game. Yet the the prophecy didn't change. It didn't change on the days where things were bad. It didn't change and God said, well, you know what, I'm, I'm changing my mind, I'm not sending the Messiah, I'm not sending the Savior, I'm not sending the King. He didn't say on the days that were good, well, okay, I'll do it today. That promise was sure and that promise was, was made to us as a people. From them in the Old Testament all the way to who we are today. God made that promise that there would be this Savior who will come. There will be this Messiah. There will be this Jesus who is planted into this earth as a baby. Who will grow up as a man and who will be crucified and who will die for our sins so that our life may be better. In Isaiah 9-2, we said this a couple weeks ago and we, we shared this scripture. And it says, the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. And this is part of the prophecy that Isaiah was sharing that that was about Jesus coming. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. That That in the world there is great darkness. And there is great darkness today in the world and growing darker. Just because Jesus came those 2,000 years ago and lived on this earth. And he was the light, God's love and God's light put into this earth. That didn't change the darkness 
It made a difference in the darkness, but there is still darkness out there. It didn't eradicate the darkness, but it eradicated the ability of darkness to control us. See, the darkness still exists, but who has all the dominion, who has all the power, who has all the authority, who has all the strength? That's us as the believers. Why? Because we have the light on the inside of us. And the light is greater than the darkness everywhere that you go. If you look and you can read in Isaiah chapter 60, and we've been here before and I've shared about this quite a few times over this year. But it says, Arise and shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And this again was, was part of the prophecy that Isaiah was sharing about, about the Messiah. For behold, great darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord, it says, will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles, it says, shall come to the light. And the kings to the brightness of your rising. When you see the word Gentiles, that's important to us, especially as you go to the New Testament, because that's us. We're not God's chosen people as far as the Jews. We are the Gentiles. And so when they began to talk about that, that did begin to stir things up because they were the people who weren't supposed to have any of this. That if it was going to reside anywhere, it was going to reside with the children of Israel, the Jews. They were God's chosen people, and they were the ones who all this was happening for. But then they began to talk in the New Testament especially, and it riled people when they began to say that this would happen for the Gentiles as well as the Jews. And that's when we begin to rejoice because that's us, unless you're here today and you're Jewish. But the light is important. God created the light. Remember now in Genesis in chapter Chapter 1, what did he do? He created the earth, and he created this mass, and he created this thing, and it was just there. And then what did he do? He created the light. And then he separated the lightness from the dark. We walk in a world that really truly is full of darkness. I know the sun's out today, and there's light. But spiritually, we walk in a world that's dark. Why? Because the enemy still has control over a lot of things that are happening in this world. Now, who has the control in the world spiritually for real? Us. But who isn't in the world? We're all in here today. Who's operating in the financial systems? Who's operating in governments across the world? Why is it so important that we get into positions that are of great influence and great authority? Because we have the truth. We have the light. We have the love. We have the joy. We have the life. And we're the ones, you're the one that I trust in government, not somebody who doesn't know Jesus Christ. So you're the one I trust as the police officer, as the teacher. You're the one that I trust as the community organizer or as the person who works in the bank or the person that, that goes day to day in their job in the, in the factory or, or working in, the, in industry or working over there in the mall and doing whatever. I trust, the, I trust believers who are following after God's will for their life, bringing the joy, the love, the light, and the life of Jesus Christ into the world. I trust them more than I trust the people who are of this world. Why? Because they walk in darkness. It says that great darkness. It says, for behold, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. How can you see where you're going if you're walking spiritually in darkness? How can you lead others? If you're lost and you're blind, then how can you? Would, the, would, would you follow the blind guy down the road? No. So people don't necessarily come against individuals, but they come against the fact that that individual doesn't stand for the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what I come against. I can't fight against you as a person. I can't fight against the president as a person, as a human being, because my fight isn't with people. My fight is against principalities and powers. And against the rulers of what? Of darkness. Now, how can I fight against darkness? With the light. 
I fight with the light. Big light. This is, look, we got, we got like, this is, you can see this. And it's still daytime. You know, no, it's all right, Johnny, leave them on. You know, this is still daytime. We're still in a place. I got to keep it up a little bit because this will absolutely blind you. This is like a million candle watt power stuff. This was one of my Christmas presents. So, I, yeah, I got it out of the closet last night. I called Elizabeth and said, hey, I know you got me that thing. I need it. <laughs> See, because there's this little light, and I don't quite know what that does, but, you know, I mean, sometimes that, that's not real bright. You know, we need to get a little help because, I mean, it's there, but I can point it at you, and it's not going to make any difference. But see, even we don't, we're looking for places that are like pitch black, because in pitch black, then the light really makes a difference, right? I mean, if all the lights were off, if it were nighttime and you do this, you can see everything. But our light, the light that came into this earth is so bright that it doesn't have to be surrounded by the physical darkness. It's surrounded by a spiritual darkness. And within the spiritual darkness, this light still shines bright. I can see it on the walls. I can see it everywhere I go. It's a different type of light. It's not, you see, we're always thinking, when it gets the darkest, then the light will shine. Well, the light will shine brightest in the dark for sure, but it will shine in the daytime. That everywhere you go, your light makes a difference. See, your light is so bright on the inside of you. Your light's so bright, think about it, on the inside of you, that the world is walking in darkness, in deep darkness. It wasn't saying that it's going to be nighttime all the time. It was saying that spiritually, people will be lost. People will be walking without the truth. That people will be doing things that are contrary to the word of God. That people are going to continue to go farther and farther away from the truth that's written in the word. But it says, for us to do what? Arise and shine. Arise and shine because the darkness is out there and it's getting darker. People are falling by the wayside and they're falling faster and farther. More and more people are going to hell every day because they're walking in darkness. Yet we have an answer on the inside of us and it's the light. It's the light that we shine, the light that we have. If you have Jesus Christ alive on the inside of you, then you have a light like this. Now, when I pulled this out of the package last night, there was not, I pulled the trigger thinking I was going to get some fun stuff and it was dead as a doornail. When you need it, right, Bill? I mean, when you need it, it doesn't work. And so I had to actually plug it in. But once I got it plugged in and then I turned on the thing, it lit up like this. Even just, even brand new out of the box. Pulled the trigger one moment, it didn't, sorry, Mike. Pulled the trigger one moment. <laughs> Linda will help you to the car later. Pull the trigger one moment, and uh, there was nothing. And then, I, I mean, I just plugged it into the wall. That's all I did. I just plugged it into the wall. I didn't let it sit for an hour. I just plugged it in. And when I plugged it in and pulled the trigger, it lit up. See, there are people who you're going to meet who are going to be as dark as the day, the, the night can be. They're pitch black as midnight in their life spiritually. With, there's no light in their life. But you introduce them, not to yourself, but you introduce them to Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of their faith, the light of this world, the light that has come on the inside of you, and you introduce them, and all of a sudden, their light comes on. Now, we do a thing in here at Christmas, and we'll do it on Christmas Eve as we come together, and we talk a little bit about it, and we take one light, and then we put it with two lights, and then we lift them up, we put them down, we put them next to each other, and, you know, they grow brighter. That's true. But I'll tell you this, you could be in a pitch black situation and still have your light and still see your way. 
The light will always make a way in the darkness. That happens physically and it's spiritually as well. John the Baptist came and he was proclaiming in John about the light. That we were a world that was walking, you know, really in darkness. And they were. Because they, they were, you know, they were seriously in that place. They, they were 400 years of, of just quiet. And then all of a sudden there began this stirring in a couple young women. See, there, there was this stirring in Mary and this stirring in Elizabeth. And John the Baptist was, was conceived and he was getting ready to be born. And then Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit with Mary, and he was getting ready to be born. And then there was this stirring, and the baby leapt in Mary, and, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and then even, you know, John the Baptist's dad, like all of a sudden, he couldn't say anything to anybody because they wanted to make sure he was going to say the right thing. How many of you know when you're a new dad and things are going sideways and it's all going wild, you got to, probably good to watch your tongue. You know, so he ended up in a place where, you know, he couldn't talk anymore. But it says in, in John, in chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was the, in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And John was the witness. He was the one who was crying out. It says in verse 6, Then there was a man sent from God whose name was John, This man came as a witness to bear witness of the what? Of the light. He came to bear witness of the light. Now, the John the Baptist, we're not dressed in camel's hair, eating locusts and wild honey and doing all that kind of stuff and running around saying crazy things, you know, what the world would contend to be crazy. But but really, truly, we're the ones who are preparing the way of the Lord for his second coming. So each and every one of us are somewhat in our own way a John the Baptist in this world. His job was to prepare the way of the Lord. That was Jesus Christ coming into this earth. Now our job, since Jesus has died and gone to be at the right hand of the Father, who is going to come again a second time into this earth, who are the ones who are preparing the way for that light? Us. It says, he was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives what? Life to every man coming into the world. The true light that gives life to every man. Jesus said he came to be the way and the truth and the life. The way, the truth, and the life in John in chapter 14. Psalms 119 says, Lord, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And we just read, if you turn back, it says, in the beginning was the Word. That Jesus was the Word made flesh in this earth. And it says in Psalms 119, that the Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. John cried out and said he was here to bear witness of the light. It was the light that brings life to every man coming into the world. Jesus brings light and he brings life with it. Have you ever been in that dark place and you got nothing happening, but then all of a sudden you see a light? I don't know if you've been lost. I don't know if you've been in the woods. I don't know if you've been someplace where there wasn't a bright light and there wasn't anything and you couldn't hardly see two feet in front of you and you're stumbling over logs and everything else. But then all of a sudden you turn a corner and you see a light. Whether it's a headlight of a car or somebody's campfire or the light in somebody's house. And all of a sudden now you know where you're going and you know where you're, where you're headed. 
You're not lost anymore. There's hope. Why all of a sudden is there hope? Because you saw the light. But if there wasn't light and you turn the corner, you actually go like, oh, more darkness. See, and the world walks in that place, turning the corner to more darkness, turning the corner and never having hope, turning the corner and one more disappointment, turning the corner and one more thing that didn't go right, turning the corner and one more mistake on their part, turning the corner and one more loss. And you say, well, I know some people who got a lot of stuff. It's not about stuff. See, this is a, this is a spiritual light. This is a spiritual darkness. You can have a whole lot of stuff and still be miserable. You can have a whole lot of cash and still be miserable. Many times, the people who have the most are the most miserable. The light always makes a difference in the darkness. Who's going to shine in your world? Who's going to shine in your house? Who's going to shine in your neighborhood? Who's going to shine in your building, at your job? I mean, if Jesus Christ is alive on the inside of you, you may live in a place that's just full of nothing but Christians and you guys just have Bible studies all week long in the, in the summertime, just sitting around breaking bread and just having a great time. Awesome. Most of us don't live in that neighborhood. Most of us don't work in that office. Even here, we all pray for Corey. I mean, it's the church and you think things would be safe, but we're all, we're all breaking bread and praying for him. We're all pointing our light at him. We're all shining, you know. Come on, buddy, get it together. <laughs> Just kidding. But, the, but in Isaiah in chapter 60, it says that we're supposed to arise and shine. See, arise and shine. Arise just means to get up. I mean, it just means just get up. Many times have you ever been there and you're like, God, I don't know, man. I'm not sure. And, you know, you may be standing or sitting, but getting up just means headed that direction. And, and you know, you're, you're like, oh, I don't know, God. And all he says is just, would you just go through the door? Will you just say hello? Will you just shake a hand? Will you just get out of the car and just, just talk to this poor girl? And when you do that, when you arise, all of a sudden, man, you begin to st- you start to shine. In in the Amplified Version, it says arise. This is Isaiah 60 again. In the Amplified Version, I don't know if we have that or not, but it says arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine. We need to be radiant with the glory of the Lord for your light has come. See, when we arise from the depression and the prostration, I know we hit stuff, I know we go through stuff, but nowhere in there does it says that the enemy has an opportunity and the strength and the ability to snuff out your light. He doesn't. But we have a great opportunity and we have a, 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 a great decision to make. Will we continue to charge our light? Because I'll tell you, if you don't recharge your light in this situation, Jesus came to bring light into this earth, and he planted that joy, and he planted that love in you, and he's given you that light on the inside of you, and he planted it there. But if we won't recharge it, just like the batteries in our flashlight, it will eventually, that light will begin to get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer, and it will flicker to a point where you can't even see it anymore. But all it takes in our life then to arise and to shine is to plug that thing back in and say, God, I just need your light to shine through me. And when that light comes, when you plug yourself back in, all of a sudden you're back, to, you're back to full strength. 
We said this in the love message. We said this in the joy message. People are looking at you. They are, they are, they are judging you up and down. Well, it's not good to judge. Well, they don't know that. It's, they're judging you up and down. Especially when you have opened up your trap and you've opened up your mouth and you have said, I believe in Jesus. He's the way. He's got an answer for you. You begin to do that. The world wants to make you look like a fool. That's not the truth. The world wants to make Christian and the, the whole idea of Jesus look foolish to everybody else. That's just the enemy. That's not the truth. The truth is that really it's not foolish at all. It's actually the most concrete thing that you can put your faith in is in Jesus Christ. And so as you live your life on this earth, we need to live our life unto Christ, living full of joy, full of love, and now in this particular message, shining our light. Why? Because the world's checking you out. They want to see if you're a flake or not. They want to see if you really are who you say you are. Matthew in chapter 5. We've shared this message a bunch. In the Message Bible, it says this in Matthew in chapter 5, verse 14. Here's another way to put it. We know the message. It talks about being the salt and the light of the earth. It says, here's another way to put it. You are here to be a light. Bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. See, the light was brought into this earth, Jesus Christ, in the manger. But it wasn't a secret that was going to be kept. There were wise men there. They came. People followed the star. People knew about it. Why? Because it wasn't a secret. This had been prophesied and talked about and told for years and years and years and years and years leading up to that event. It was written down in the Torah. I mean, it was this, that was what was in the Word to them. That's all they had was this promise. It was written down. They knew it was coming. It wasn't a secret. And then Jesus is born into this earth, and the devil does what from that point until today? Try to snuff that out. He's trying to snuff out that light in the world. He did with Jesus. That's why they took the baby, and they left. Because they were afraid that they'd made the decree that anybody under two years old needs to be killed. Why? Because they were trying to kill the light. And even though he died on the cross and he rose and he sits at the right hand of the Father today, that doesn't mean that the devil's still not out there trying to cover up and to squelch the light. Why can't you pray in schools? See, why can't we talk about things like that? Why can't that be brought up? Why are they trying to take the Ten Commandments out of the courthouse and out of public ministry? Why? To try to get rid of the light. The darkness hates the light. There's an eternal fight, an eternal battle that's going on there between the darkness and the light. And the darkness can't win unless the light turns off their light. But I will tell you this, if we refuse to shine long enough, darkness will cover things up. In the schoolhouses, nobody fought. See, nobody stood up. Nobody fought for prayer. There wasn't lines. There weren't throwing people out of office. They weren't not voting for people. Nobody caused a ruckus. And now what happens? You can't pray in schools. So we begin to let down our guard. We begin to turn off our light. And we say, I'll only shine it in the church. I'll only shine it over here. I'll only shine it in this place. It didn't say that Jesus came to be the light that only flickered every now and then. It said he truly came to be the light of this world and he came to be the light that was going to shine and it was the brightest and it was going to overtake and, and it was going to overtake the darkness. Done. Period. It's over. Now, that light he has taken and he's placed in each one of us. And now we have that light on the inside of us. It says in Matthew chapter 5, you are the salt and you are the light of the world. You are here, it says in the, in the, in the Message Bible, to be a light. 
It says, if, you are, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket. I'm putting you on a lampstand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a, light, on a light stand, you need to shine. That's our job. That's our job, to shine. And really, truly, Christmas and Easter are the two holidays where people will get in line with us. We need to shine all year long. But I think as we go through this season, just like joy, love, Light needs to be something that we focus on and that we are the light of this world, that everywhere we go, we are sharing the light and the love and the joy of Jesus Christ. Especially at Christmas time, when people are at least aware and open. People are at least aware that Jesus was born at this time. People are at least, you know, they're, they're open to the idea that he came into this world. They don't want him in their life. They haven't done that yet. They haven't gone that far. They're not necessarily about it, but they're open to it. But if they don't see the light, if the light doesn't shine, if the light doesn't happen in their life, what's going to happen? It's Philippians 2, it says, verse 14 through 16. It says, do all things without complaining and disputing. I'm already in trouble. <laughs> do all things without complaining and disputing. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Are we living in a crooked and perverse world? Yes, seeming to get more perverse by the day. But it says, you're living in the midst of that among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ Jesus that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Holding fast the word of life. At the end of Matthew, Chapter 5, that portion that we were reading is verse 16. We read, we read 14 and 15, but in verse 16 it says, Keep open in the message again. Keep, uh, keep open your house. Be generous with your lives. Be opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Now, the way we've always heard it and the way that we've always read it says this, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. In Isaiah, doesn't it say, the Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. That as the church rises up and shines bright in this earth, it brings those people who are lost to the light. Why? Because they're walking in darkness in their life. And we talked about it a few minutes ago and said, if we were walking in the darkness of the woods and we saw a light, we wouldn't feel like we were lost anymore. We would go to the light. Why? Because we know that there's help there. We know that we're not lost if we follow the light. We know there's somebody there that can take care of us, that can help us, that can meet our needs. And so we go after the light. The world is no different. The world is no different, whether it's your job, whether it's your neighborhood, whatever it is, you have a light that needs to shine. It's on the inside of you. And I'm telling you, it may go dim every now and then. You may not charge it up all the time. Charge it up. Charge it up. Begin to pray, begin to read the word, begin to spend time with God because that brightens the light. Your lights are never so bright as when you usually walk out of church on Sunday morning. Keep them bright, keep them bright. Keep shining the light. Why? Because it draws people to God. And that's what we're here to do. See, the most powerful lights, you know, in those lighthouses, and I, I shared this message just, a, just in August, I think, just a portion of it. I, I shared a message in the year 2000 about light being a lighthouse in this world. 
And really, truly, the most important thing that you have to realize about a lighthouse is a lighthouse just reflects light. That Its bulb is in there. There is a bulb, but it just reflects the light that's on the inside. It has a powerful mirror that the light is actually shown into the mirror, and then the mirror reflects the light into the earth. And we are nothing in this earth but reflectors of His light. It says in John 8, verse 12, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. That if we walk with him, we have the light of life on the inside of us. And you are a mirror reflecting those things. And the thing that you're reflecting is his light. That everywhere you go, you're reflecting the light of God. Now, what witness does that show the world that the church is following after him and bright and shining? In a world full of darkness, you see it all the time. It happens to you all the time. You've got people who want to know, what's different, man? What's up? You've got people who hang around you that are just, you can tell they're just trying to check you out. They're just sniffing you. <laughs> Something's different. You don't smell funny, but, you know, I mean, you're just different. And so they're, they're just like, they're getting next to you kind of like, man, something's up. Now, they're not, they're, not, they're, not, they're not buying it. They're not, they're not coming after it wholeheartedly. They're not, they're not taking everything that you're saying. They're not saying, help me out. But they're standing around. Why are they standing around? Because you're a light. You're a light in your world. And lights draw bugs. Don't be a zapper. Don't be a bug zapper. Don't kill them dead in their tracks. But, but when you attract them, see, your light attracts them. We want people to show up who are just like us, who are okay. See, we want people to show up who we can agree with in prayer that great things are happening in their life. We don't want people to show up and there's work to do. I got enough work with my own. Right? I mean, we start thinking, I got enough work with my life. I got enough work with the things I do at church. I got enough work with my kids. Why do I have to? Now I got, now I got somebody who's buzzing around me. See, you drew them to you. You turned on your light. See, and they're coming to you, and they're buzzing around, and you're thinking, man, I, you know, I got this guy at work, man. All these, he's just, man, I just constantly want to pray for him. I just, con- you know, he's constantly in trouble. I'm trying to tell him what to do. I'm just driving me nuts, man, this guy. And see, as we are swatting down the guy, it says you're supposed to lead him to Christ. It says you're supposed to help him. We're supposed to pray. That's, that's what the light's doing. It's drawing them. You want to know why all the crazy people find you. That's all you want to know. Like, man, why is it all the crazy people find me? Why can't I find the one person who's not messed up? You're a light. You're drawing all those freak shows to you. It's the way it goes. That's kind of the job. It's kind of what we signed up for. Because they're walking in darkness. But they need the light. They need the joy. They need the love. They need the light. Next week we'll see they need the life that's on the inside of you. The very life of Jesus Christ is on the inside of you. Now you can give that to somebody else. The light that shines in the darkness. Heaven's light shining in your life to the people who are around you. We're going to finish here. Donna's got a video she wants to show you here in just a second. Or I want to show you, I guess. All of us struggle. All are broken. Many of us feel we're part of humanity's mass, constantly moving and going nowhere. We find frustration in our relationships, 
our systems, and even ourselves. We're lonely, we're cynical, we're scared. They felt all this too, even more so. 2,000 years ago, their everyday existence was what we would consider the third world, covered in spiritual darkness, smothered in political violence and oppression. But heaven's light shines into this. There in a cold, wet cave lay a God who put on flesh. A God who, for some strange reason, was choosing to dwell among people. Into the heart of the familiar, this, this baby holds the potential to restore humanity's belief in the extraordinary. Heaven's light shines into this. With his life, he will save. With his death, he will conquer. And with his love, he will answer the question, what is God? What is God really like? So even though we sit 2,000 years beyond this event, can we really sit beyond this event? The one who was held by Mary is now holding us. The one who cried in the middle of the, in the middle of the night is now wiping the tears. Is now wiping the tears from our eyes. This newborn is offering new birth. Wherever you are, whatever you're in the middle of, however the story of your life has unfolded. The news is good. The news is very, very good. Heaven's light shines into this. I stand up. You know, the news it says is good. The news is very, very good. Heaven's light has shined. The light that Mike sang about earlier, that light overcomes the darkness in your life. The light, the light, the very light of God. That news is good. When you open up your eyes and you look and you see, what is it that you see? See, do you see the light overcoming the darkness? Or you just see troubles and problems and trials? Or do you see victory for Jesus Christ because he lives on the inside of you and nothing can stop you and snuff out your light? Nothing. Nothing can snuff out your light. Larry, your light has grown brighter brighter you didn't know what you were going to do when you left Purdue and your light's done nothing but grow brighter you thought you were done and didn't have anything left to offer but your light grew what? brighter oh that's good stuff that's saying you know what I take my light I just I don't know what I'm going to do but I'm just going to shine it everywhere if you'll just shine your light everywhere you go God will use you to just absolutely annihilate the enemy. How many of you want to annihilate the enemy in your life? Amen. Amen. But don't forget, it's on there. It's right here. It's on the inside. Don't be swatting at the bugs. Bring the bugs in. Talk to the bugs. Not real bugs, but you know what I'm saying. That's a whole other counseling appointment. But today in this place, just bow your heads because I know God wants to use each and every one of us as We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org 
or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.